0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the 42 Courses podcast. This week we're chatting to creative tour de force Patrick Collister, He's an executive creative director at Adlib, curator of the Capels Awards, uh, editor of the directory. There's very little he doesn't do. Um, he, um, he started out actually as an executive creative director at, um, at Ogilvy, um, and then he went on to help lead the creative studio at Google um, called Zoo. This week, we're going to be chatting to him about the evolution of creativity, how it shifted, how COVID has affected it where it might be going and a bunch of other things that you just wanted to talk about. So I hope you enjoy and have a lovely day. So Patrick, so lovely to chat to you today. Thanks so much for taking the time out to, uh, oh. to come and say hello. Um, well, so those... what a
1: pleasure it is to see your happy smiling face. <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I, I met Patrick uh, through, I think it was Mark Vander Hayden who introduced us uh, uh, the mm. Backpacker intern back in the day, and then um, possibly through James Rosenthal at Google, and then I I think we popped over to you when you were at Google in London, and uh, yeah. So um, I mean, probably a good first question could could you? just tell everyone a little bit about yourself because I mean, I know you've had an incredible journey. and uh, I won't do it justice.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I was born and brought up in East Africa where uh, I did actually spend some time with the Maasai. And uh, I then lived in East Anglia where of course I became familiar with a tribe called the Iceni, but I myself now belong to a tribe called the Wenai. When I was at Google, when I was at (laughs) Ogilvy, As you were at Ogilvy, yeah, so,
0: yeah.
1: so I look back on quite a lot of things, <laughs> um, yeah. but I'm still looking forward to plenty more.
0: Yeah, and your, I mean, your, your sort of more recent career was, um, I think it was Havas and then Google for a while. You were helping to run their creative studio. That must have been pretty fun.
1: Well, at Google, or when I was at Google, <laughs> um, I was, I was laughingly, I called head of design of the zoo and um, so I suppose I was the creative director for what came to be called uh, Google's creative think tank in northern Europe and uh, I have to say I mean I sometimes uh, in my bio say that once upon a time I was creative director of uh, Ogilvy and the London which was really good fun then I was the creative director for uh, uh some direct marketing agencies which was rather less fun i have to say but when i became head of design for the zoo in northern europe that was just the best fun imaginable i mean it was brilliant
0: what were some of the um, best projects that you worked on or the, the most exciting ones
1: well um i suppose uh one of the biggest briefs that uh, we ever got uh, was from the guy who ran Unilever's uh, global spreads division, and uh, his brief was two words, and he said, save margarine. And uh, I mean, in other words, I mean, so that means you have to go and look at the data, what is it uh, uh, about... A margarine that people are buying into, you know, the huge backlash against it, Um, you know, 20 years ago butter gave you uh, cholesterol and was bad for you but then the pendulum swung the other way Uh, and so what a business challenge uh, to be given but elsewhere um, Unilever's sustainability projects uh, we worked on, a whole load of things and this was about the digital transformation of business um, rather than just little itty-bitty digital campaigns. But of course, what we were trying to do through talking about uh, digital transformation was also to be able to encourage um, uh, certainly the Sui-Suite to to think of digital as a really viable and important uh, advertising channel for them.
0: imagine it must be a very interesting place to work in that you get access to I, I would hope, hope you get access to a lot of really interesting information that I guess most of us can't can't see um and I I mean it must be a nice relationship between data and creativity there um I I would imagine well, some agencies are still trying to get that right well here's a really
1: interesting thing you know you use the word creativity um and Uh, Certainly over the last six months, there's been a lot of protest uh, in social media that creativity has been trashed by digital. Um, And yet, I I really uh, argue against that. I mean, I think creativity, as we used to know it, in other words, the ability and the skill set to be able to fashion nice little uh, stories in 30 second or 40 second slots... You know, that has kind of morphed into something different, you know, as as digital has arrived. You know, but the engineers at Google were called the creatives and for a reason, you know, because these guys were creating new platforms and they were creating completely new ways for us to to communicate and interact with each other. And so for me, creativity is, is definitely alive and kicking. It's just morphed into something completely new and different. And of course, I mean, what's been happening in the last six months of COVID is massive, massive change. You know, because it's driven people online. So if we're talking about digital transformation, more people have gone online to do more shopping online, to do more uh, of their entertainment online with streaming online, and so brands have been uh, have been following them. And so, again, if you work in traditional advertising and you are a fan of the tv commercial you know you can see that actually <clears throat> your iceberg is melting rapidly
0: yeah no, it must have been fascinating because one one of your other uh, projects or, or joys is um the directory so if anyone hasn't heard of the directory it's an incredible magazine you must subscribe um and they well, i mean actually again you've You'd probably describe it better, but, um, I mean, we're a big fan, so uh, if you want to give a...
1: Well, I have to say, the, just I love you guys at 42 Courses <laughs> because, first of all, you take uh, ads, which we really, really like, but actually you do good ads. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, one of the awful things in the past is that I've had to print some really, really crap ads, and, and that offends me. And actually, if we're talking about hobby horses, what really, really offends me at the moment is uh, so much digital advertising. You know, my role yeah. at Adler is so exciting for me because basically, you know, Ollie uh, Marlow Thomas, who founded the company, coming out of Google, which is where I met him, you know, wanted to save advertising from itself because. You know, the thing is that uh, in the digital space, I mean, I would say that 99.95% of all advertising is utter crap. And I use that figure, 99.95% avowedly, because uh, Google data suggests that only 0.05% of all uh, ads across the Google display network will attract a click. That's the click, the average CTR and for me that is terrible you know uh, and because so much of this advertising is so awful then more and more people are installing ad blockers and you know I talk at conferences I go into agencies I go into marketing departments and at least 50% of the people in my audience have ad blockers installed so our industry even thinks that the advertising it is producing is filth And so somehow, it seems to me incredibly important that someone somewhere, you know, starts banging the drum for how can you do better ads, especially online?
0: So, I mean, the directory, for those who don't know, lists, um, there's two reasons why I really love it. One is it's a place where anyone can submit great work. Um, It gets judged uh, by a panel of professional creatives from around the world, and uh, if it's judged, Worthy enough, it gets printed um, in a quarterly edition of uh, the directory. And um, one of the things I think you were telling me was, there's, because it gets judged by proper creatives, there's a there's a strong correlation between work that manages to make it into the directory and work that then goes on to be awarded at uh, Can Lions or Effies or anything. I
1: think. Uh, well, thank you very much for allowing me to plug.
0: Uh, directory.
1: <laughs> By the way, the website is directnewideas.com and I'm patrick at directnewideas.com if anyone wants to email me and send us stuff. But I think there are two things about directory that are different. First of all, uh, uh, as you said, Chris, we do have a, a creative committee that vets the work, A, because we've only got finite space in the magazine uh, each quarter for 40 campaigns. So they have to be good. Um, uh, but we we also write about why it's good, you know, there are plenty of digital magazines out there that will take the PR handout from the agency uh, and just bung it online. Uh, but we rewrite them all, uh, we rewrite them all so that the case study becomes absolutely crystal clear to understand, but also we explain why we've chosen it for the magazine. Um, and that can be for a multitude of different reasons a real a strategic insight or a new use of technology that we think will bring other uh, brands behind it um and um yeah so so that's what we do um there was a second point i was going to make, make but i've forgotten what it was
0: well i was going <laughs> to say the, the good thing is for anyone listening it's uh, if you've got great creative work to send in um there is no fee for sending it in uh, which is pretty amazing. So it's very democratic.
1: Well, yeah, the, absolutely. It's completely free. Um, we we have subscribers who pay for the magazine, and at the moment it's half price because of COVID. Um, so three hundred quid for an annual subscription with all the bells and whistles. You get uh, five passwords to the archive. But the whole ethos of Directory is we try and get work uh, that's recent. Um yeah. And so it was Rory Sutherland who um, said that actually a subscription to directory is something every CFO, agency finance director, should be subscribing to because if your work can't get into directory, then save yourself the awards entries money because it ain't going to win anything anywhere else. And um, so thank you very much, for that, Rory. We did at one stage uh, produce, uh, we were thinking of producing um, a campaign of videos getting cfos to talk about uh directory and how marvelous it was <laughs> but the trouble with cfos is that you know you can't stop them being cfos in front yeah, of the it's camera
0: a, it's a tough one i don't know whether rory is great friends with my cfos but yeah i mean it's, uh, it was his birthday yesterday so happy late birthday to rory ah. Uh, he is the most marvelous man you know. yeah tw- 21 again we're uh yeah we're, we're super excited we've actually chatted to him last week and um uh we're, we're putting together a behavioral economics part two course so very excited about that mm-hmm. but anyway um <clears throat> the uh, uh with with the directory have you seen any any incredible ads that have stood out um you know, during well i tell you what, time
1: that period? is a really 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 interesting question the answer over the last six months is generally no. And the reason for that is because, of course, when COVID smacked into all of us, a lot of brands just stopped completely, uh, right. frozen. Uh, and, uh, and then the, bra- the brands that did advertise didn't know what to say. I mean, because no one's had to deal with this before. And so uh, there was a, a, a YouTuber called Microsoft Sam who very unfairly edited all of these together in one video and it is quite funny it's we're together in this together behind you we're all and and i think it is unfair because actually at least they were advertising spending some money and keeping us afloat um but that was uh uh at the very beginning of covid and we've seen this arc move from uh brands saying um stay at home Uh, At first, then brands beginning to say thank you to the health services, then brands saying thank you to their own staff and to their customers. And then coming through the other side of that, now we've begun to see brands beginning to um, actually put brand messages out there. Because, of course, you know, the evidence from previous recessions has been that if you continue spending, you will come out the other side an awful lot stronger. You know, in fact, there's some really terrifying statistics that if you do stop spending, you, you will find uh, recovery anything up to 13 times more expensive. Um, and so we've begun to see things. So, what have I seen? I mean, um, I saw a lovely uh, piece of advertising from uh, um, uh, Leah Burnett in Beirut, actually. Uh, Beirut, I don't know if you've been there is uh, a most beautiful place that has been torn apart by politics because of where it is in the Middle East and because it has really unpleasant neighbors uh, who are now and have been for the last 25 years influencing uh, the government. But then as if Beirut uh, and the Lebanon didn't need uh, any more than that, um, in August there was this massive explosion. And when I say massive, I mean, it was devastating. Incredible. Now, in the middle of that, in the middle of that, uh, in a hospital uh, that had all of its windows blown out, by the way, and its power pow, immediately fused, uh, somebody filmed the birth of a baby. You know, that the staff in this hospital went through with it and the child, George, was delivered. And so Pampers just put out this as a message of hope to the whole community in Lebanon. And, and for me... That's a wonderful piece of uh, Mm -hmm. brand communication and of course we're now at a stage when I don't know if you've been talking to or following Orlando Wood whose uh, book Lemon was published by the IPA all about the differentiating between left brain and right brain advertising and Right brain advertising is the advertising that you and I grew up on, Chris. It's the the great brand advertising of Hamlet and Heineken and all the stuff I was doing when I was a copywriter. But left brain advertising, uh, Orlando argues, is is modern advertising. It's very rhythmic. There are lots of supers over uh, the images. Uh, It's much more about product and it's much more about brand activation. There's no, if you like, emotional response. So I kind of look at uh, uh, George uh, for Pampers in um, Beirut, and it's a character, it's a baby, it's about human endeavour. I mean, so many of the things that Orlando and... um other the the lesbianette and peter field planners of this world tell us that brand advertising should be and and so i I saw that what else have i what else have i got here oh oh i love the fact that also you know in the aftermath of blm you know uh, people have started doing stuff now uh instead of talking about it yeah you know i used to work with the great late lamented much loved ray barrett who whenever there was anything you know, to do with diversity in advertising was wheeled out. And, um, but nothing ever happened. No recruitment policies, no nothing. And so I have just enormous respect for Trevor Robinson for first of all, uh, doing something about this with his uh, Create Not Hate initiative, but getting two young uh, creative teams from inner city, uh, London, who've never done advertising before to create two campaigns combating racism, are right over, strangely, both of them sort of using uh, irony and humor, and then getting those to actually run. So here's somebody doing something about it. And, and that's really, impre- I mean, to be honest, in the last, as I say, the last two months, there's been some really interesting stuff beginning to happen. Yeah, Much of which will be in the next issue of directory. Dire- which is shape even <laughs> as we
0: speak. Yeah, I think we've got an ad that we're about to send to you. It's, yes, so we've been yes. working on it the last two days. But um oh, yeah we um Trevor's an amazing character. I mean i, I met him in in Cam Lines a couple of years ago and he's uh, he's actually in a in a few of our courses and one of them for creativity for business growth. Um he's 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 in a lesson he does a video on a lesson on on diversity and um it's just such a no-brainer i think in the creative industry i'm really surprised that it doesn't happen i mean you surely that sort of 101 is you know is (laughs) is i often just described it recently as if you imagine your brain has little sort of buckets in there and they're all empty when you're born and as you grow and learn new things they fill up and uh the more different things in there the, the the more different different links you can make and that's the same with people you know we're, we're, well, all, we're all very different so that the more diverse you have the the better the creativity is so.
1: well i have to say i i think uh i think advertising uh used to be a lot more diverse than it it has become and uh, i mean if you think about it you know, the incredible injection of creativity into British culture came from working class kids born on the wrong side of the tracks, but who came into advertising because it was a meritocracy. You didn't have to have a degree, and they didn't. You know, if you're looking at uh, Alan Parker, Ridley Scott, you know, uh, incredible influences of, of culture, not that they were called influencers then, but David Bailey, John Claridge, you know, some of those uh, marvellous filmmakers. Um, All right, it wasn't from the wrong side of the tracks. Hugh Hudson, I think, was an old Etonian. But, you know, there was this incredible flowering uh, of the... uh, And and then I suspect what happened is that um, agencies sort of ran out of money. And uh, as they ran out of money, ironically, they started putting money men in charge of them and so these money men are basically responsible for you know the elimination of real talent in our industry it's all become process we now rely on the colleges to recruit for us and the placement system whereas when agencies used to have their own copy tests when agencies used to have their own training programs then they were so much more open to diverse talent you know Salman Rushdie had the office next door to me when I started at Ogilvy, but opposite him, you know, was a guy who'd been a policeman in Zambia. And then just further up the, the corridor, there was a, a guy who'd been a policeman in Norfolk. I mean, so these were people who who came into advertising by accident and bringing with them, as you were talking about, the accidents of their buckets, of their interests and their lives. and. Um, and so yeah
0: hopefully we get back there again soon it looks like there's some positive moves been uh, been made so uh yeah definitely long, long may that rain yeah we were actually again <laughs> randomly we're just about to launch a course on goodvertising and then there we we realized um when we were making the course you sort of started just as we started making it just as the pandemic was was kicking off and um we realized that you could see all these brands making as you said earlier these these very sort of bizarre uh you know not really thinking about the messaging that they were putting out and just particularly when things like that what that lives matter happened, um just putting out immediate press releases without sort of taking stock of what they actually did internally um if they had ever bothered doing anything remotely around that uh, that topic internally and Anyway, so we put together um, with, with some of the people from Walk and Lions a, a playbook of how to react to to these kind of big movements that are happening. Because I don't think that's going to slow up. I think well, that's only going to speed up.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, very recently, my friend uh, Steve Harrison has published a book called "Can't Sell, Won't Sell," and in the context of goodvertising, I really do urge you and all of the people who sign up to your course to read it, because mm. Steve's contention is that brand purpose uh, has actually become a tail that wags the dog, uh, yeah. and in many ways is actually damaging to our, to our industry. He also says that it's really ineffective advertising pretty often, and uh, his basic um, uh, assumption, uh, his basic uh, theory is that, in advertising, and there are research numbers to show this, by and large, our politics are left of center. And in marketing, yeah. politics are left of center too. So we all seem to assume that everybody else thinks like us, but they don't. Yeah. In all the shots and in um, uh, Memphis, you know, Charlotte, uh, uh, North Carolina, they're right of center. And so yeah. when they see brands espousing... LGBTQ causes, for example, they're baffled and confused by it. And so, I mean, I think the whole issue of brand purpose is a really germane one at the moment. Um, I mean, for me, I've always thought that brands exist to serve a purpose. Having a purpose is not the same. Having a purpose is when you attach yourself to some moral crusade, But, but serving a purpose is when actually you have a function and part of that function may well be uh, to be of some social value, to be good in in some specific yeah.
0: way. But yeah, if you're not really serving,
1: if you're not serving a purpose. Then what you are doing is actually what Alan Jope at Unilever calls being woke. Um, and so, going back to Can, I mean, I'll tell you. Here's a little thing. I, I you know, I'm I'm indebted to uh, Phil Thomas. Thomas and Can Lions for allowing me access to the archive, which is just amazing. But if you look at the Can archive uh, for 2015, you see that there are a number of uh, campaigns submitted for awards all about the refugee crisis. And in fact, in 2016, I counted over 60 different campaigns submitted all about the refugee crisis and asking for help and uh, behavior change. In 2017, there were over 50, and one of these from Ogilvy won a Grand Prix, and what a brilliant campaign it was, Refugee Nation, and they created a flag, and indeed, you know, Refugee Nation then went on to represent themselves at the Olympics, which is, Mm -hmm. but what that meant is if you were in an agency elsewhere, the refugee crisis was done. You know, because jurors were going to go, oh, the following year. And that's what happened in 2018. Now, nah, refugees, we've we've seen that, done them. And so in 2019, there was only one campaign entered about the refugee crisis because the advertising industry had moved on from it. Whereas actually, if you're a refugee, you haven't moved on from the crisis at all. And so sometimes I, I think our agents, our... Our own industry is is um, appallingly shallow, and um, and I really hope that actually coming out of COVID and coming out of Steve's book can't sell won't sell, I'm really hoping that agencies stop scamming, stop, you know, trying to be purposeful themselves.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of lot of sense. I'll, I'll definitely read it. it. Sounds like a fantastic book. Um, but yeah, I think I think I know we've gone almost over time. Uh, (laughs) So, any any parting advice, words of wisdom?
1: No, I I just want to say that um, at the very beginning it was a joy to see your happy smiling face (laughs) and uh, creative people like you, Chris, uh, doing inventive imaginative things like creating 42 courses and putting really affordable uh, uh, training into the hands of people delivered by some of the finest minds in our industry so that's got to be worth something and i really think
0: really it's only because your you're, you're in something patrick
1: i thought
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, well, I was only you're, in you're, one you're one of those finest minds i think yeah you definitely in one oh. of them <laughs> you think you might actually be in two of them but yeah <laughs> <Huh>? um <laughs> no it's uh it's it's always in i'd love to Thank do it you, so
1: you know i do i'd love i'd love to do a couple yeah of well,
0: well uh well we'll definitely do it i'll um uh-huh. i'll send you Send you some send you some vouchers off this but um thank you so so much for, for taking time and have a have a lovely rest of your day weekend and uh, uh, and you
1: get out there and have a nice walk in the country what we'll see.
0: take a nice walk in the countryside. That's great advice at any time of the year. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, If you want to find out more about Patrick, probably the best place to look is on Twitter. He is at direct new ideas. Really hope you enjoy that. If you want to take any more learning, obviously there's loads of courses, including some featuring Patrick at 42courses.com. But until then, enjoy, have fun and stay safe. Cheers. Bye.